Are you tired of being ripped off for the things you don't know how to do? Are you ready to do more? Be more? Then get ready to reclaim your independence. Reclaim the knowledge that's typically passed down by your father and grandfathers, as it has been done for generations in this great country. Get ready to become a reclaimed American. What's going on, everybody? Welcome to another episode of the Reclaimed American Podcast. So today's show is going to be on travel. Uh, Essentially, I'm going to talk about some of the places I've been, what it took to get there, and things to think about when you are ready to travel. But before we get into that, I do have a few housekeeping notes that I'd like to get through real quick. Uh, One of those items is let you know about my website. Finally have our website up and running. It's very basic at this point. But if you go to reclaimedamerican.us, you can find our website. Um, Right now it's very basic. I've just got the home page with the logo on it. But if you click, if you're on, on desktop and you click on starting point, that will take you to kind of a brief description page about me and what we're doing, where we're going. But from there, you can scroll down to step number two. See, step one is listen to the podcast. You can listen to it on iTunes. You can also listen to us now on Google Play. But you can also, of course, always go to Hero... God, I can't talk today. HeroesMediaGroup.com. Go to their shows section, and you can find our show there. But uh, moving on from that one... Go to number two, and you can join our mailing list. One thing I promise is to not spam the crap out of you with emails, but I think what I'll do is I'll send out a weekly email, and I'll let you know what this week's show is about, any other um, exciting news that might be coming out, Uh, Especially now that we're kind of in the beginning stages of this whole process, as I get something completed, I'll also let you know about it through the email list. So that's one way you can keep up with us. Another way is if you go all the way down to the bottom, uh, to item number three, it'll be joining our community which you can do that by going to our Facebook group. We do have a closed Facebook group. And really should be really simple to join. Just ask to join, and I'll let you in. But the Reclaimed American group on Facebook is going to be a place where we can talk about show topics, Um we can have deeper discussions about things that I talk about on the show. And I'll probably even bounce around show ideas on you guys over there. So if you want to stay more in, more in touch, more in contact, by all means, go, go over to there. Find us on Facebook groups and join the group. 
Also, you'll find a link to my Instagram page for Reclaimed American. And you'll also find the link for the YouTube channel. Um, whenever I do a video, you'll be able to find the videos there. And that will also be in the email. So join the email group. That way you're up to date on everything we've got going on. Anyhow, let's get back into it, shall we? So travel. I've been very fortunate in the fact that I've been able to go a lot of places in my life. As a kid, I grew up in Florida. I was born in Sarasota, Florida, and we bounced around quite a few different locations as I was growing up. Um, the dad whose last name I have, he worked for a insurance company. And as my memory tells me, he was one of those guys that would go through and clean up offices that had a lot of underperforming characteristics to it. And as a result, the company he worked for moved him around a lot, which meant we moved around a lot. Um, I know at one point we lived in Venice, Florida, another time St. Petersburg, but that's where the, the Florida aspect of my story drops off. But anyways, um, the point that I wanted to bring up though is growing up, his parents lived in Indiana. So every summer we would do a road trip going from wherever we were at in Florida all the way up to South Bend, Indiana. And um, it, was, it was a nice road trip as a kid. Driving through all the different states, seeing the different things along the way. And then, of course, we got up to where his mom's property was. And, you know, we'd always do something different. One year it was cleaning out the garage. Another year it was cleaning out the attic. Um helping it clean up the property, just different things. But it was kind of cool as a kid. We'd, we'd make like a, I think it was like a two-week or three-week trip out of that. And it was fun. Then later on in life, I joined the Navy. And didn't get to see the world, so to speak. But I did get to go from San Antonio up to Great Lakes, Illinois. That's where I went to boot camp. Then from there, I got stationed in Millington, Tennessee. And on the weekends, I would just, me and one, two other guys, we'd all hop in the car and drive out wherever we could go for the weekend. Um, so I got to see some interesting things doing that. But then I got stationed out in Guam. Tell you, I, I can't complain about my my service time there. Um, tropical island, middle of the Pacific. I was scuba diving on New Year's, surfing on Christmas. It was great. Um, it was a very very nice duty assignment, and but that's also where I spent majority of my enlistment. I went in. I was an aviation electronics tech. So my school was about six months long. So when I got out to Guam, and of course, that's a two-year, you go out there for two years. And then I had 11 months left on my enlistment. So rather than going somewhere else, I 
extended until the end of my my duty. So I got to actually spend a total of two years and 11 months on Guam. And I tell you that, that it was a blast. Um, I guess, again, you know, tropical island, middle of the Pacific. Got to go through some hurricanes, although out there they called them typhoons. Even went through one that at the time we called it Super Typhoon Paca. The wind speeds were so so high at that time that it dismantled almost all of the wind speed um, recording devices on the island. Screwed up a lot of stuff. The apartment that I was in, uh, we were without power for a little over a month. So that was interesting. Overall, though, it was a good time. I definitely would do that all over again. Now, outside of the Navy, though, later on in life, after I got out, that I got hired on with a company where I worked on laboratory equipment for the oil and gas industry. With that company, I literally got to see the world. I got to go to Norway, Italy, the UK, Oman, the UAE, Egypt, Cameroon, Angola, um, God, Australia, Colombia, um, Brazil, Mexico. Ooh, um, <laughs> sorry, Mexico. Just gotta say it like that. Um, Malaysia, Indonesia, um, China, and I mean, India, a lot of these trips, I got to go multiple times to those locations. I'm sure I'm leaving out a couple of countries somewhere, but like I said, literally I've, I've been able to go all around the world doing that job. And for those people that never get out of the city they live in, let alone the state they live in, you're doing yourself a huge, huge disservice. You have got to get out. Go explore, especially if you're still young. And by young, I mean if you're 20-something, get out and explore. Now, don't be completely reckless. Abandon everything and become a dirty hippie living in a van down by the river and just start driving all around the country, which, don't get me wrong, our country is a beautiful place. For another company I worked for, I got to travel all over it. But get out and explore, man. I mean, seriously. There are so many cool things to see in this world that if you live your life without ever getting out of the city you, you were born in or the state that you live in, you're doing yourself a huge, huge disservice. Um, one of the, my favorite places to go has been Norway. I got to go there at least twice. Yeah, two times. And each time, sadly, it was in the middle of the freaking winter, so it's colder and shit up there. But the people there are, are just awesome. Um, the food is really good. Um, it's a beautiful country. Um, once you get past the cold and the snow during the winter, lots of history. You get up into the mountains, into some of the passes and, and, and whatnot, and it, it's just breathtaking. 
And I'm not referring to just because it's colder than fuck, but it literally is breathtaking. Um, another place that I've enjoyed going was Italy. And people, sometimes, uh, the people that I worked with were always very, very pleasant, very nice to be with. Some of the local population are kind of standoffish, but again, very, very nice place to go. Um, I got to go to Milan. Uh, the place I was actually working is just outside of Milan, but fortunately they have a subway station in that little town, which connects you to the, to the city. And on the weekends or whenever I was off, I would hop on the subway and zip into town, check things out. Again, lots of history. Place has been there for ever. <laughs> and a uh, very beautiful place to go. The issue that I do have with Milan, the first time I went, there really weren't much in the way of like beggars and whatnot. But I believe I got to go to Milan three times. And the first trip was great. Second trip, I started noticing hmm, there's a lot more people out and about trying to separate you from your money by begging, selling stuff, whatever. Well, the third time I went, I actually took my wife with me and it had changed a lot. Um, a lot of people that I believe they said they were from Nigeria or someplace like that. But they were want, they were very pushy in trying to sell you these or give you, sorry, give you these little bracelets that they made. Oh, no, no, here, have a bracelet. It is free. But the moment they put it on you, then they start demanding that you give them money for it. And they were actually quite rude about it. And they were everywhere. I mean, you go into the subway station and walking down, you find five of them trying to push their little bracelet bullshits on you. You're down in the subway waiting to get on, on the, uh, on the car. They're pushing their shit on you. Um, you're out at some tourist attraction, checking things out, trying to have a good time. These people are there trying to push their little bracelet bullshits on you. And it was really, really annoying. Um, so that's one, another thing to kind of watch out for while you, when you start traveling. Um, another place I loved, Brazil. Got to go to Rio. Um, went there a couple, twice. First trip was actually booked in a way that I got to be there during the carnival time. And that was a really cool trip. Um, took my wife with me. Unfortunately, at that time, she was having gallbladder issues. And if you've ever known someone with gallbladder issues, it is one of the most painful things you can experience outside of childbirth. And, or at least that's what they say. I've never given birth to a child, so I couldn't tell you. And I also don't suffer from gallstones. So, I don't know. But she would be on the shower floor crying for hours due to the pain. Which is usually triggered by different foods that you eat. But during the times when she wasn't writhing around in pain... We had a fantastic time. Uh, got to explore a lot of things. Got to go see that uh, the Christ the Redeemer statue. That was freaking awesome. Um, had some really good food. 
Another one of the popular tourist destinations is, um, what do they call it? Uh, essentially, it's called Sugarloaf. I believe it's called Panda Sucar or some crap like that. I, I'm, I am not a linguist. I do not speak other languages for shit. So forgive me on that. But anyways, ultimately, it's called Sugarloaf. Uh, you take a trolley car up to the top of it. Then you do a little tour. They tell you all about the little tiny monkeys that live up there. And it's just really cool. Another place that I've been that is totally awesome is Malaysia. Got to go there two or three times during one of the trips. Again, got to take my wife. And we went to a place called the Batu Caves. It's one of those places. It's, it's a... I believe it's a Hindu shrine or a Buddhist shrine, some shit like that. Um, but it's that place where you have to walk up like 275 steps that are very close together to get into the caves. And they're damn near straight up, it seems. And for for my out-of-shape ass and my wife, it, it was quite the trek going up those stairs but what was funny is as we were leaving we see this cleaning lady go up and down probably five times in the amount of time it took us to go down and each time she did it all the way up she'd grab a bunch of bags of trash or whatever to haul out right back down and then right back up then right back down and it was crazy I mean, she outpaced us, like, big time, and made us feel like lazy dumbasses. <laughs> but uh, it, it was still a very beautiful trip. Um, in, it was interesting trying to get out of there at night. The hotel told us, oh, yeah, 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 there's always taxis around the area. They can take you to and from. No problem. Well, we got there kind of late due to an uh, unexpected work event. That day, I was supposed to have been off, but I left some stuff at the office, at the customer's office. So I go back to the customer in the morning, ended up being there for about four or five hours. So by the time I got back to the hotel, one, my wife was pissed because she couldn't get a hold of me. Um, that was back before we had cell phones that worked everywhere we went. The second thing was, you know, we wanted to go to this place, but it was already getting kind of late. And, but the hotel's like, oh, no, no, no worries. You can always get a taxi. Okay, cool. So we go. We're there. It becomes nighttime. Well, they were actually shutting the place down and, and closing the gates as we were getting ready to leave. But they're like, oh, no worries, no worries. Just stand outside. Taxi's always going by. Okay, cool. So we go outside. We're standing there waiting for a taxi. And we see... God, probably a hundred taxis go by. Every one of them had somebody in it. They were busy. They were full. So, you know, after a while, it, it kept getting later and later. And we still didn't see an empty taxi go by. You know, and we waved at every taxi that went by and nobody stopped. Finally, my wife is getting like kind of desperate. And she like jumps out in the road, waving her arms. Finally, this one dude stops. And, um, you know, we, we tell him, Hey, we want to go, you know, back into Kuala Lumpur. And we point to the, to the twin towers because our hotel was near there. And so 
okay, yeah, 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 no problem, no problem. So we hop in, we start driving. This dude, one, the, the dome light in his taxi was like out of a bad horror movie. It was flickering the entire time. So we're driving, it's nighttime, and we got this little like neon light just flickering, just blip, 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 blip. And so that set the, uh, set the mood for the trip. So then as we're going, he, he's driving like a bat out of hell, swerving in and out of traffic. Um, I don't think he was necessarily paying attention to the road. And I mean, he's just like all over the place. We thought for sure that we're going to get into an accident on our way back. Kind of started freaking us out there for a while. But then we realized, oh, wait, no, he is actually taking us to where we want to go. Um, we also found out he had no clues to where the fuck he was going. Um, I'm sure he was great at driving outside in the country-ish area. He had no idea how to get around the, how, how to get around the city. But to his credit, he finally got us to the towers. We're like, all right, cool. So here we are. We're finally there. It's time to pay the guy. And it came out to, I don't know, 17,000 of whatever their currency is. No, now also this, during this whole time, I'm looking, I'm sitting in the back seat and I'm kind of looking over his shoulder and I'm noticing his gas gauge is basically pegged on empty. So I hope it's his gauge was broke, but I thought for sure we're running out of gas in the middle of fucking nowhere with this guy. But anyway, so we finally get there. There's like 17,000 of their, their currency. I had 15 or I had 20. I tried to give him the 20. He refused the 20, insisted I only paid him the 15 because he didn't have change. And I tried to tell him, oh, no, 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 you keep the change, keep the change. Now, he insisted I only paid him 15. So that was actually kind of cool. Anyway, so that, that was, that was uh, the excitement of that trip. But yeah, so when you travel, be ready for adventure. Because you never know where, where it's going to find you, where it's going to take you. Um, little things to point out, though, is if you are traveling in another country... Don't keep all your money in one spot. Like if you keep all, you know, all your money in your wallet. What happens if your wallet gets stolen? Then you're going to be without money. Don't keep your passport in the same pocket that you keep your wallet. Well, if someone picks your pocket, then they might get your passport too. Now, a lot of countries you can go to and just have a photocopy of your passport on you. Um, highly recommended. That way you can leave your 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 passport locked up in your hotel room, but you've still got a copy of your documentations. Another thing, like I said, you know, keep money in multiple pockets. That way, if you do get pickpocketed, you don't lose all your, all your funds. Also keep like in your, your front pockets where you'd stick your hands, keep, um, you know, any kind of like loose change or some small bills in there. One thing that can, kind of catch you by surprise is if you're in a place and for whatever reason you find yourself becoming part of a large swarm of people trying to um, get at you for any reason a lot of times if you just reach your hand into your pocket and throw a bunch of money up into the air that'll distract people long enough for you to sleep to to get away while they're looking for all the money that you just threw up in the air um, just little tip that somebody told me once 
Now, another thing that um, when you travel different places that you want to watch out for is the water. Uh, had a buddy that went to Mexico on a job and he was good about, you know, he watched what he ate, watched what he drank, didn't drink the water. They brought him to the table, you know, like the tap water because don't drink the water. But one night he was out at a bar with a customer and he had, let's say, a whiskey on the rocks. Unfortunately, the rocks, the ice, was not made from filtered water. It was made from tap water because it was a little local-ish kind of bar. And he got sicker and shit off that. So just kind of pay attention to where you're at and what you're drinking. and Because that will bite you in the ass if you're not careful. On my adventures, I'd never had an issue with the food I ate except for one time, and that was in Malaysia. And it wasn't the food was bad, but this dish that I had for lunch one day was so loaded up with ginseng that I got back to the customer, and about 45 minutes later, I was asking them for their their little key card so I could go use the restroom. And... Uh, they essentially let me hold on to the key card for the rest of that day because I probably went like three or four times at least. But I tell you what, I felt cleaned out as can be after that. And that ginseng just really worked me over. <laughs> but uh, that that is literally the only issue I've ever had while traveling. You know, so all those people are like, oh, I can't travel because what if I eat something funny? Well, you know what? If you do, you do. But in 12 years of traveling, I've only gotten sick twice. Um, one time was actually out in Midland, um, here, in, here in Texas. Went out for a customer and had lunch with them that day. Then went back to their office, said my goodbyes, had to go see another customer. Well, by the time I got to the airport that night to fly home, I was sweating it. My stomach was doing cartwheels and I felt like crap. Um, I felt, felt bad for the flight attendant that was on the flight. Um, normally when I fly at that time, I could pretty much sit wherever I wanted because I flew a lot. Um, so I was kind of high up on the award point scale. So I booked my, my seat as like the first seat on the plane, but that particular plane had one restroom all the way at the back. So as I got on the plane, I told the flight attendant, I'm like, look, dude, I am sick as fuck. If I end up needing to hurl, do you have any barf bags here? And he gave me a couple of barf bags and just the whole time scooted away from me every time he had to go down the aisle. Somehow, miraculously, I made it through that 45-minute flight without having to shit myself or puke. Finally, land, in, land back in Houston, made a beeline for the first restroom I could find, um, had a nice little cleansing event, made it home, and then I was sick as a dog for like two days afterwards. Um, I could tell you the stories on that one, but... We'll skip that for now. But yeah, so watch what you eat. Um, I think the thing that killed me from the 
from that Midland trip was a salad. Got taken out by a salad. That was sad. Anyways, so moving on from there. Um, like I said, I've, I've been all kinds of places, seen lots of different things, had a hell of a fun time doing it all. Um, would not trade that experience for anything. So more of the story, get out, explore, have an adventure. Um, especially if you're still, you know, at 20 something, get out, see different parts of the world. It really makes you appreciate what you've got back home. Um, there again, who knows, maybe you'll get out there and you'll be like, oh my God, this is the best place ever. And I want to move here. If you do, you do find out what you've got to do and make it happen. My wife is from Costa Rica. We're con we're always joking about, oh, let's, let's move to Costa Rica. Screw it. Sell everything. And let's just move down there. And she's got a ton of family that lives there. All of them have said, oh, don't worry. Don't worry. Just. You can come and stay with us if you if you move down here. Because every time we go and visit, we stay with them. But um, get out and explore. Try new things. Do things you never would have imagined doing while you're at home. And just have a good time with it. Um, the world is way too big a place to be stuck in one spot. And even if you don't want to do international traveling, that's fine. Get out and explore the country. Um, you know, get yourself a, a, a map, put it on the wall of all the states and start checking them off. You know, be like, all right, I'm in Texas. Where do I want to go from here? And the nice thing about Texas is depending on where in Texas you are and which direction you want to go, it's easy to get to another state. I'm in Houston. Two hour, two or three hours to the east, I'm in Louisiana. And then, you know, I could be in Florida by the end of the day. Um, if I wanted to go to New Mexico, I'm kind of screwed because Texas is a big damn state and it takes an entire day to get across it. So there's that. But again, once you get out of Texas, it's wide open. I mean, it, it, it really, really is. New Mexico is beautiful. Uh, Arizona is a beautiful place, oh, especially you get up into the Prescott, Prescott Valley area. That's an awesome place. Nah, don't get me wrong. Grand Canyon. That's awesome too. But, um, yeah, just get out, explore, see new things, do new things and enjoy life. Thank you for listening to the Reclaimed American Podcast. Don't forget to join us on Facebook and Instagram at Reclaimed American.